Jewish Latin Princess episode 39, music composer and performer Francisca. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. Everyone, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Music is a big deal in our home. Not so much because of me, but my husband. He is big into music, and I have a few kids who have inherited the love of music. My guests today inherited this love and nurtured it from a very early age. I have composer, singer, and performer Francisca on the show. Francisca grew up in Moscow in an observant Jewish family, and as you will f- soon find out, in, a, in quite an open, progressive, and supportive family. Francisca may be young, but she has a good handle on the practical aspects of her music career and keeps her feet well on the ground, even as she evolves as a female performer and singer. Listen to what she has to say about the creative business. And how does inspiration happen for a person like Francisca? Does she really always connect to prayer? Why did Francisca decide to add launching a podcast to her workload? And what does she have to say about women, Orthodox Jewish women, coming to the forefront in public life? Here's the sweet and super talented Francisca. Francisca, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Thank you. It's so amazing to be here. It is so amazing to be here. I don't get that many performers on the show. I've had Pearl and of course, I've had Leah Gottfried, our mutual friend. And I'm just so in awe of what you've achieved with your music in a very short amount of time. You're such a prolific artist. So um, tell us about your journey. You've already recorded five albums. You have 11 music videos. Videos. Yeah, I think you're working on your sixth album, right? Did I read that right? Yes. <laughs> wow, amazing. So I, I want to go back down memory lane a little bit. You grew up in the world of music. You started very, very young. And then tell us about it. You, you, you Tell us about your education, how it all started. Okay, so I started piano when I was six. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then when I was 12, I joined the children's uh, a children music school in Moscow in the name of Igum. With guitar. Okay, well, let's stop you right there. You grew up in Moscow? Yes, I grew up in Moscow. But you were born in America. So my mother came to the States to give birth in like her eighth month. Okay, okay, okay. And um, I um, and I was part of the children's, the girls dance and vocal ensemble, Ilani, and we toured around the world with our two hour set. How uh, old were you? So it, it was probably from the age of like, 10 to 14 15 wow so performing (laughs) and singing and dancing was definitely a part of my everyday life amazing your parents were okay i guess with the traveling and the performing at such an early age so we didn't we didn't go so many times but that was the span over how many years that happened so Mm -hmm. we went for three or four times belgium israel the states 
and my mother was on the trip. So oh, okay. She's mm-hmm. one of the mm-hmm. she's the school principal and that you know, she ran she co ran this ensemble. Aha, uh-huh. okay. And where else would you like me to go? So okay, so I started when I was twelve. Yeah. So at what point did you decide that you're four K? So you're involved in this, then you it comes, I guess, college age. I think you went to Toro. At that point you said you just did you know that you're gonna pursue music professionally as a career? No, I never thought I would do it professionally and still now I do it professionally and I do call it my career but I don't it's definitely not a me it's not a way I support myself it actually costs me more than it makes me yeah and that's interesting and I do want to get to that but you did go to Juilliard which is like an unbelievable achievement on all counts so thank you so I actually I attended the classes in the evening division uh-huh. while the churro and um yeah, it was an amazing experience. What was it like as a religious Jewish woman? You were observant. You grew up observant, right? Yes, I grew up observant. So what was that experience about, you know, immersed in two worlds? You're in the world of Toro and you're in the world in the evenings of Juilliard. So I've been exposed to that already growing up in Moscow and attending the children's music school there. Mm-hmm. And basically you have the Kalisha, but I didn't have so much issue in that area specifically because I was playing instruments but um for my guitar exams they were automatically always scheduled for Shabbos and I always had to ask them to give me a special accommodation and reschedule it for a weekday Mm -hmm. so you have that constant like I can't come on Shabbos I can't do a Friday night performance Mm -hmm. um you know non-Jewish people obviously right 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 so so wonderful the truth is it's wonderful to be immersed in these situations because we could do so much you know by being out there in the world and talking to people and just uh just the just the opportunity to talk to people and show them a beautiful face of judaism that they might not know right for sure and so tell me, what, so when did you record your first album? Because we're already in almost in album six, and you're very young. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so sometimes I joke around and say I didn't get enough solos when I was in the children's choir. <laughs> so I needed to become my own singer, so I'd get all the solos I wanted. Uh-huh. And, um, I definitely, I started recording when I was 17. I literally used whatever, <laughs> whatever I can scrape together, found myself a producer, a studio, and and I started recording the songs. I have started composing songs already since I was like 10 years old. So I had a oh, ton wow. of music to work with. It was about just producing them. And I really love, I love the studio work. And I love the production, making the arrangements and finding all the instruments and bringing the right sound to the song. Mm, wow. Do you see like an evolution in your work? Like, is there a certain style that's setting in? Or, you know, have you, I'm sure there's, you see some maturity, so, you know, in your work, how, how do you see that? So absolutely, there's definitely, so I feel like the longer I do this, the more I understand what I'm trying to get, what mm-hmm. how to how to cr- create the vision I see for the song. And um, I, I learned that the longer I stay in the studio, the more I co-produce and the more I'm involved in the process, the more it's going to sound the way I want it to. And um and you just learn more about how you want things to sound because the more you do anything, the better you get at it. So I do think that I'm getting a little better at trying to get to where 
uh, get to the sound I'm looking to, to have. You know, with this new, your latest album and the the latest video that came out that was directed by Leah, Leah Gottfried, I feel like you're really starting to position yourself as a voice for female empowerment for Jewish women. Um, and you're one of the pioneers in the in the women's music space. Um, has this been intentional? Is it something that just like, oh my gosh, now I'm uh, now I'm in this position, you know, like it just happened. <laughs> well, thank you so much for calling me a pioneer. And um, so I definitely am pioneering, but I'm not alone. There are a bunch of us who are doing it together. And I feel like the only way we could do this is if we do it together. Yes. And I didn't, I don't feel like I chose to do this more like I was writing my my songs and people kept telling me oh it's enhancing my tefillah mm. or um you know after going to shul and hearing Echantish above they would come back and say you know um there was new intention that was added and mindfulness after you know toward the end we're fasting no one's concentrating and then the song came into them came into my head when you know when they were reading that pasuk in shul so that's sort of that that's like one step and then the next step is oh i really connect to this and this psalm or to this pasuk can you write a song to that so it just became this ongoing (laughs) so it's sort of people come to me and ask me to write songs to a certain text and it sort of became my role wow um, so it's almost like this is this is really a driving force. Once you see that people are being, like you said, their tefillah, their prayer is being affected just by the way you are enhancing it with your music. I mean, that in and of itself is such a beautiful thing, such a powerful motivator to keep going. Yes, for sure. Amazing. Music definitely just... Um, enhances any experience if you want to you know make a certain mood in a certain place music definitely is a huge part of that so i feel like bringing new especially more modern sounds and music to the texts that are so sacred and everyone knows so much so many of the texts that i sing to by heart already it brings so much more meaning and so much more visual or context and experience to those words Francisca, what are some of the challenges of being a performer for a female audience? So it's a question I always dread mm-hmm. because about the negativity and the work that I do. And I don't like focusing on that. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely worth talking about and discussing. And the reality and fact are that my audience is split in half. And my experience has been that most of the exclusively female events that are hosted are by organizations that don't have budgets for performers like me. So um, just in the past three, just in the past week, I've rejected or said no to three offers requests um, to bring me in to perform because they didn't even have a budget to reimburse me for gas and tolls. Wow. And I, I don't want to sound selfish or cheap. And I'm definitely not in the arts for the money but i invest so much in my work absolutely and, and some of it uh, some of so much of it is available online um that i i just don't want to you know travel and invest so much in the actual performance for no cost especially now that i have a little baby so oh wow and um but i love love performing for live audiences but i also love doing my music videos and working in the studio so people just want me for free they could you know click play on my music video or on itunes and listen to my music if they want me to come and talk about my stories i have my new show coming out and um how they connect into the songs and what they represent 
in my life and for me that, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that you're, you're so much, you're so mature about this already, because it's so true. The truth is, you need to get paid for what you do, period. And the minute that you have to leave your family and your children, um, well, that has a price in and of itself, you don't just get up and go for free, right? So thanks for validating me because it hurt. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, anytime. (laughs) No, I feel bad. I I would love to just, you know, pretend like it's all amazing. And Maybe it looks like I'm successful, but you know, day to day, it's it's a painful thing. You know, people want you to come in, and they won't even no. uh, you know value that you have to spend money on babysitting or you know gas to get there. No, to get no. time. So it just destroys a little part of me. But I'm trying not to focus on that. <laughs> right. No, it can be challenging. I think it, it, for for many women in business, you know, um, we we are challenged by that. I'll be I'll be honest. Um, it, we're now naturally givers and people who are mission driven like you and I um, who feel like we're doing something that helps the world we feel like oh like I want to reach these many people and I know I could be inspiring and I know I could do so much for them but that that also you know it comes with a price and we can't just be doing it for free (laughs) sometimes we could but not definitely the majority of the times (laughs) so so good for you you seem to be so practical and and um, I had heard before something that you wrote that seemed to negate this whole starving artist approach. And it reminded me of that book, Big Magic. Have you ever heard read that book by Elizabeth Gilbert? Not yet. Oh, my gosh, I- you must read it. <laughs> You must, you're going to love it. You Read it and call me later. But anyway, in that book, um, and Gilbert talks about it. She makes it clear that artists should not put so much financial pressure on their art. Like she really makes a very strong point. Go get yourself a job. You know, like your art should not have this pressure. And I think you've talked about this before that you, you do other things and, you know, and don't put that pressure on your art as you're developing, right? So definitely. So if you think about like the main mainstream uh, the mainstream music world or um, the artists that are the most successful you know what gets them out there and they have record labels behind them they have people shoving thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars into their into their art into their production into their marketing so even if you have the most talented person who's investing whatever they have into their music you literally need tons and tons of money shoved into you to become like mainstream successful major major the people who are bringing in you know tons of you know to be the most successful basically mm-hmm. out there. So take that into our scale uh, who in their mind I mean I, maybe I don't know but it, it doesn't make any sense that if I you know produce an album and then I go on tour that I will become I, that I could maybe I could pay for some bills or maybe I could pay for its own music but I don't think it could you know make me into millionaire and I'm not in this to be become a millionaire. But I would just look at it as a practical point from a practical point of view. So if that's how it works in the, you know, music professional world, then that so I basically need to find other ways to fund my music. And obviously, I'm doing that on a tiny scale. But um, that that's how it works. Very, very smart. You know what, you got to be smart and practical in life. Talk to me about inspiration, because you mentioned that a, a lot of your work is based on different pasuk and different verses in Psalms or in the Torah. Um, so t- t- walk walk us through the process a little bit. Where does inspiration come from? And, you know, I'm, I'm in awe because I don't necessarily connect to those verses, to be honest, all that, you know, well, I wish I did. Um, so 
you seem to you seem to they provide you with inspiration. Um, so I'm just curious about the process of inspiration for you. Okay, okay. So it's an interesting question because first of all, if you ask most people who are cre- who are in the creative world, yeah, when you ask someone, oh, how did you write that book, or how did you how did you write that symphony or something, they'll be like, they sat down literally for hours and worked on it. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not Obviously, it's a, you know, it doesn't happen from you. It has, you have to, it's a gift from God. So you can't necessarily, I can't take the credit for it, but it's definitely work. And also, um, in terms of the psukim, that's really, so for example, I wasn't able to connect to many psukim myself, Mm -hmm. but the able to make it a spiritual experience for myself, I recreate them, I reinterpret them through my music and that's how i'm able to establish a connection with those texts wow. so that's literally how that's that's the absolute process how it works i'll take a text i have nothing sometimes i already have a connection to it mm-hmm. but most of the time i feel nothing toward the words it's super um it you know deep and meaningful but it, it doesn't necessarily bring meaning to me and then once i put music to it and it becomes a part of me, then I'm able to connect to it a lot more. So wow. Is your husband also musical like you? Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's super supportive. And he's so talented himself. But he, he sacrificed himself so I could I could focus on the music in the in our family. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. And so you grew up in Russia. And um, I'm just kind of assuming that your parents music is the arts and music is such a big part of, you know, culture in Russia, your parents are also you come from a family of musicians so my great-grandfather was a chazan uh-huh he lived in the states and then all the women in my mother's in my mother's family like my mother my grandmother my great-grandmother everyone my great aunt aunts um all involved somehow in arts and just very into beauty so anything you can make more beautiful take any mitzvah make it more beautiful in whatever way you know how to do it so I, I did grow up in an environment where you're just trying to make everything more beautiful. So I, I take not that I'm adding, not that I'm making those beautiful texts more, but they're they're already beautiful the way they are. But um, I'm just I'm just delivering them in a new package. Yes, yes. <laughs> I I feel like I could have been be- best friends with all your all those women in your family. <laughs> Francisca, I'm assuming that your parents must be very open-minded. It's not so common to in in an orthodox in the orthodox Jewish world to have female musicians, girls who are encouraged to go to school for music. I mean, you went to Juilliard, as you told us before. Now you're a performer. You're recording your own albums. You're you're making videos. You're doing all this wonderful work. Um, and you said your mother traveled with you. They were obviously very encouraging. But so tell me a little bit about your parents. I'm really intrigued. Thank you. So they moved to Moscow in 89 when um, when when the doors opened, uh-huh. and were able to leave Russia finally. So um, there weren't there weren't many religious uh, or anyone interested with being affiliated with Judaism around. So they basically went into a dead zone a little bit, not trying to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they built the community from scratch. And my mother founded the school and my father uh, took over the shul that's, you know, 10 minute walk from the Kremlin. 
And um, they basically created their community, their version of what a Jewish community, um, what they could do and what a Jewish community should look like. So it definitely felt like whatever my parents' beliefs were came out through that. And they were definitely encouraging and they brought us up in a way where all our talents and all our, they, they brought us up to find our unique you know, characteristics and develop them. That is so, so amazing. And it also seems like obviously you, they, you had a very open home, I'm assuming, where people that didn't come obviously from the same background uh, of Torah observance as your parents, their home was open to them. So you got exposed also to see a lot of the world very early on, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, it, w- it was amazing. You know, we're, we're all the same. We're, people are the same. We just have different packages and different beliefs and different habits. But um, Beautiful. How many siblings are you? I have six siblings. Wow. Any other musicians? Uh, <laughs> all of my older siblings were trained in piano, also from the age of six. But I'm the only one who stuck to it. But my older sister... Uh, did art and now she's an entrepreneur she owns uh, she's the ceo of an app of shop drop uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, my younger sister made aliyah she, she did dance she was a dancer she did ballet and then she made aliyah now and she's an english teacher wow what a cool family well, <laughs> our brothers uh, everyone else is brothers <laughs> i'm sorry that's the russian in me um, so I guess their creative sides are more are, are not in, in the art so much. <laughs> very, very cool. And you know what you, you said about your husband, how he's so supportive, and he's letting you do the let's just say be the performer and the musician in the family or have the, the you know, the public, the more public life, let's just say, I feel like there's um, a trend going on and for I personally feel it's for the good of more observant Jewish women coming to the forefront to public life in creative endeavors and in your field in music like I said there's a few of you a few of the trailblazers um, I almost feel like it's spiritual don't you think what, what do you think about this trend so I'm so flattered you're calling me a trailblazer <laughs> It doesn't feel like it yet. But um, so I don't think it's a trend. If you ask me, I think it's more of a revolution. And the only way that it that it's happening is thanks to online platforms and social media, because there was no outlet for all of us to get out there and, you know, be be together. So for example, you had someone in one town, super talented, but they had no access to somebody else. So they might not pursue their music or their dancing or their art, because they don't think they could do it. But now there are all these platforms, Polisha Facebook group, you have exclusively female groups, you have the new spotlight on women radio hour in Israel, all these things that are happening that are like brand new. It's all happening because we're able to just gather all the women together, inspire each other and and just get the energy from each other and encourage each other. Yeah, the world of connectivity. It's really amazing how the world has changed for the better. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm actually in awe because so like you said, so many people have been able to connect and thrive and develop and support each other through the changes of the internet. That's just it, you know? So 
I'm calling it a vote. It's the truth for all the people against the internet, you know? It is It is the truth. Like, every, listen, everything in life has a positive and has a negative. There's a huge positive. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. And this is the perfect segue for me to ask you about your show because you have a new podcast, The Francisca Show, where you are featuring other musicians and you're also lifting them up and encouraging them. So tell me about The Francisca Show. How? What is it all about and how was it born? Okay, so I'm still figuring out the logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really started because my fans and my audience wanted a way for me to connect with them more. And I felt like I didn't feel like posting on social media of like the process of my work is something I'm comfortable doing right now. Mm-hmm. I like to post things when they're finished and with the finished product and when things are edited and professional. So um, one of my mentors suggested that I start a podcast because this way I can have a consistent, you know, a, cons- a consistent channel to my audience that can be uh, they can be connected to me. Also, I could use this to shine and spot the light onto other women who are in the who are in the market. I also feel like I'm building a database of all the people in the market, so I'm putting everyone onto one page basically yeah. with all their information and with all their work and all their you know all their outstanding talents so we're we're because we're building this new category that's still so small the women's market right um so i'm sort of organizing it (laughs) well i think it's brilliant that's one of the side benefits but i just started it because it was a nice way for me to be there for be there for other people but not being it about me without the show being about me basically i think it's brilliant i really really i really love it i i'm i'm i guess i'm going to reemphasize this again but i'm just such a proponent of collaboration and people lifting each other up especially women um uh and um so i think it's brilliant uh, to francisca show i think i love it all right francisca let's do a little bit of jlp fill in the blanks and this is the part of the show where i ask you an open and an open-ended question and you finish it or an open-ended sentence <laughs> and you finish it with the first thing that comes to mind okay okay all right plain or just answer well maybe sometimes i'd like to dig a little deeper <laughs> okay i'm francisca and i feel most spiritual when um, when I light candles on Friday night, you connect to Shabbos candles. I actually do too, and I'm surprised that I haven't had, I haven't gotten that answer before, which I've been kind of waiting for. So I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> well, it's the first thing that came to my mind. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very special moment. Do you have a daughter or a son? A daughter. Mm, beautiful. Okay, so it becomes even more special um, when you know when we have her uh, as she gets older. Did you have the custom in your home to light with your mother? or you only lit after you were married? How did it work in your home? Yeah, I only lit after I was married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you were still present, I'm sure, when your mother lit candles. Right, of course. Beautiful. It's just right. the time that where I, where I could daven to Hashem and it's different from the morning prayers uh, that are usually more rushed. It just feels like a special moment when Shabbos starts. Just it, there's a certain peaceful. It is a special moment. It really, really is. Um, it's Listen, it says the gates are open uh, the gates of heaven are open for a woman at that time. So, uh, and you can really f- feel it in the physical environment. All right. My favorite mitzvah could be something different. My favorite mitzvah or one that I could 
connect with the most is? So is it terrible? I don't think I have a favorite mitzvah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I like them all. You know, some of them I like the same. I don't know. I, I don't have a favorite one. Nice. Nice. Uh, okay. All right. All right. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? Okay. So it's um, the Hanukkah plays in the school I grew up in. And we got donuts for Hanukkah always. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was just so nice. There was music and, and the play and donuts. And, <laughs> was just and this was this was back in Russia? Yeah. You know, it's so amazing that so many of my guests have mentioned Hanukkah or something related to Hanukkah. I've also gotten Pesach, Passover a lot, but definitely Hanukkah is like, like a sweet fun memory from their childhood which is yeah, it's amazing favorite. and it kind of reminds me as a as a parent that um you know the, it, it needs to be fun and sweet that's what Hanukkah is all about and it's going to change our you know kids lives it's going to permeate and be with them so is your family still in Russia my parents yes they're still there wow do you get to go often um so I, I guess what you call often is relative right <laughs> right but sometimes and I'm hoping we're going to be there I'm going to be there soon for <laughs> for a side thing I'm working so part of my job is taking me to Europe and I can't get back home in time for Shabbos so I'm stopping home at my parents very very nice well enjoy your visit okay something I wished I had learned about Judaism growing up is okay how expensive being Jewish is <laughs> everything in numbers and I guess parents I, I think it's good that your parents don't talk about how expensive everything is when you're a little kid but then you grow up and you're starting to do everything yourself and you're like oh wow Jewish is expensive yeah how many years are you married now Five. Wow. Yeah. It, that's it. That's I, I love that answer because it's true. You know what? Thank God. But it is. It is expensive paying for kosher food and a Jewish education and holidays and lulav and estrog and tefillin and oh my goodness, <laughs> books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a that's a good answer. All right. When I give tzedakah, I like to give to. So so I just I give to whoever reaches out to me usually because mm-hmm. I don't like to turn people down even if it's just you know a little bit so I, I feel like I don't get to get to those places I would want to give to maybe I haven't thought about it so you, much you know I, I can relate to that um, I, I end up giving a lot to people who who need it who I know I, I know needed. So, you know, very often, even though I wanted to give to larger causes, I end up not doing it because I'm Baruch Hashem tied with other, you know, just individuals that I care about, and I know that they need it. So I could definitely relate to that. All right, I'm Francisca. And today I am most grateful for so my family and Hashem but my family, everyone in my family, everyone who just provides this awesome environment and all this love and support. My husband, my baby, my parents, Beautiful. everyone. Yeah. Beautiful. Francisca, give us a peek. What's the new album about? How is it different from the latest album? So I just started started with the writing of the music. Uh-huh. But I'm hoping to have some really dance-driven songs, like something to use at, at bar mitzvahs and chagigas something really danceable and DJable. I'm I'm also adding DJing to my services. So I wanted to have some of my songs also in this category. That is so super cool. <laughs> I love dancing. <laughs> that is super 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 that cool. Was one of the bigger complaints. Like we can't play your music at the Chagigas or at Bamitzvos because they're more pop and they have slower tempos. 
So um, yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out this new <laughs> genre I'm gonna work with. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. How are you balancing? I wanted to ask you before. How are you balancing everything with the new baby and work and composing and recording? Um, <laughs> I just heard Ariella Salen say that you could do it all, you just can't do it at once. A hundred percent. I'm with her. <laughs> and, um. How am I doing it all? I have no idea. Um, yeah. It, we, we just juggle, but I, I do agree with that concept. But help, help. That's the, definitely help. You know, I have uh, have help watching my baby. and Right. I, I definitely accept help where I can get it. So. Good for you. Very, very smart. The truth is get everything done. Yeah, the truth is we need to be better as women to understand that we could get help and we should in certain areas of our life get help when it's needed, right? <laughs> um, in order to do what we need to do. And in a span of a lifetime, we could achieve it all. We can't just achieve it all at the same time. That's all, which is fine. <laughs> Francisca, I am so excited that you came to visit us today. And I really look forward to the next album, especially now that you told me there's going to be a lot of dancing. Um, and so tell us where we can find you and um, connect with you. Okay, so I have my Francisca Music website. So oh. you can directly from there. You can watch my videos there. You can re- check out the press about me. You could also, obviously, on iTunes and Google Music, all the major online platforms. And um, I'm and, available. And the Francisca show. I'm going to also direct everybody to go go listen to Francisca interview uh, other colleagues, right? Yes, absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It was such an honor and pleasure. And I'm such a fan of your work and everything you're doing. And I'm just, I need to take notes for my podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to share my, my tips. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Francisca, for stopping by. The new album is called Call How Lam. You can find much of Francisca's music and her music videos on her website, franciscamusic.com, and you can reach her there to book her for a performance. Seriously, who has about mitzvah coming up this year? This year, 2018. Everybody, happy new year, I guess. I mean, it's not really our new year, but, you know, we do live in this world. So, 2018, it's here. Anyway, when are we bringing Francisca to Houston? What do I have to do to make that happen? I can't wait for the new album. I already love this one. But when Francisca said the next one is a dance album, hey, I'm all over it. And of course, you can find the Francisca show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. All of this and more about at jewishlatinprinces.com thank you for being here thank you for all the wonderful reviews I hope you have a wonderful week thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe on iTunes leave a rating and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love to access today's show notes ask Yael a question or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show visit jewishlatinprincess.com